going to this morning uh, read the beginning, um, the first basis of our um, foundational scripture that I want to deal with. The Acts, you can read that in your time. I, I will refer to it. Um, but the one I want to concentrate on this morning, and we're really going to just get into the introduction this morning, um, is in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Verses that I'm going to read are going to be verses 12 through 16. We shall be reading from the New American Standard. Philippians chapter 2. Verses 12 through 16, reading from the New American Standard. Um, on the screen, the words will come up so that you can follow as, as I read. Reads as such in our hearing. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and, and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless, innocent children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crook and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world. Holding fast the word of life so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. The fire of purpose. The fire of purpose. Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus, just um, need you to move Tracy out of the way. Lord, use me in spite of me that you may be glorified. Allow the abundance of your grace and your anointing to so saturate this place. Allow me to become an instrument of your glory that you may be glorified. Yes. Father, allow us to hear, allow us to see, allow us to understand what the Spirit is saying. Well, show us Jesus because we are in desperate need that he will be set apart in our hearts, in our minds, in our thinking. Lord, you are more desirable than anything else. Teach us. Lord, show us. Lord, minister to us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As I was looking upon where I want to go next in this series of, of Church on Fire, now knowing that, that could have preached 10 more lessons in Isaiah, but, but I, I kind of sense that though we are, we, are, we are looking at the heights of it, that I sense that still some people are not being motivated to see him more. Yeah. 
Because I realize that as, as, as humans, as humans, it has to be that I see the benefit for me. We, we don't really chase things that's good for us just because it's good for us. I hate to say that, but I know it. But, but spiritual truths got to come to the place where it is laid out that I see where it makes immediate difference in my life, where, where it, it, it touches a core need. A core need. A core need. The Bible touches core needs. God knows us. He knows everything about us. But in translating and explaining and expounding the truth, sometimes we shoot it over our heads and never bring it down to where we live at. I said, okay, Lord, if, if we're going to be a church on fire, what is the core need for us to get on fire for you? And one of the thoughts that came to mind was, was purpose. <laughs> one of the fundamental needs in, in everybody's life is you need a purpose. I remember talking to a young man on the telephone. He was no more than maybe 12 years old. And he asked me a question. This is what he said. He said, he said, he said, he said, what is life really all about? What is, what is life? What is the purpose of life? Why, why are we here? What is this all about? You know, if we be honest with ourselves, we got some grown folks who still ask, asking that question. At some point, you ain't even stop, get off. What is this really all about? Because, because this isn't making sense to me. The, the stuff that has happened, the stuff I'm going through. And, and to be honest with you, if you don't know what your purpose is, you become acceptable to anything. Why do you think that our kids are running crazy because they don't have no And unless there is something that is greater than you inside of you where you understand why you are here, that keep you on track. See, 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 purpose will give you something to live for. That no matter what you go through, through all the mess you go through, it will keep you saying, wait a minute, I got a purpose. Wait a minute. Deion Sanders Named Primetime. Football player, played for the Atlanta Hawks, also played for the Cincinnati Reds, playing baseball, dual, dual sportsman. I mean, this boy was fast. Deion Sanders is, is listed to be able to run the 40 in four seconds, .27. Wait a minute. That's just one record. They got other ones that literally got him down to run the 40 in 4.07. Let me tell you, that's the fastest anybody has ever ran it. The reason why you get different numbers is because that was not an official one by radar. That was a hand 
clocked one, but nobody has ever ran the 40 that fast. We said, what about you say Bon? You say Bon runs the 100. And the 40 is much shorter. He will probably beat Dion in his prime in the 100, but, in the, but he takes a 100 to wind out. And they debate whether he is faster than some of the football players. Because for football, it's that initial burst. The burst through the line. To burst, to, to make it through the, the defender. So therefore, speed was altered. They said that um, Barry Locke in the, of, the, of the Cincinnati Reds said, he said, I'm fast, but Dion is something else. Her one man who went to the Reds game and said he saw Dion run around the base. He said, I never seen nobody ever. I mean, ever, never, never <laughs> run that fast. While he was part of the Cincinnati Reds, Dion in his in his book of his life story says this. He said, after the Super Bowl, I didn't have any more purpose. He said, you know, you understand, when I started playing football, that, that the number one thing is to reach the Super Bowl. So all my energy, all my purpose was to, to, to do the Super Bowl. He said, when I went to the Super Bowl and we won, he said, he said, he said after the thrill, after the shout, he said, what's next? And nothing else was there. While he was in Cincinnati, Dion gets into his car, races down the expressway with all the intention of killing himself. All the money, all the prestige, big name, everybody shouting out his name, all the women, all the partying, and here he is when he buys himself because none of that was bigger than him. When he has achieved what he thought was the ultimate, he found out that life was meaningless. Let me say young folks, but let me say old folks. If you're chasing the wrong thing, when you catch it, you're going to find out it's not what you thought it was. If what you find in life is not bigger than you, is not greater than you, is not worth dying for, then you haven't found the right thing to be chasing. How many women can you sleep with? How many men can you sleep with before you begin to say, it ain't all that after all? How many highs can you go to till you realize that the first high was your best high and you can't get that high no more? How many drunks can you get on before you realize that getting drunk is just getting drunk? And, 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 and hold on, hold on. Just because you're a Christian don't mean you're chasing the right thing. 
Just because we say we know the Lord Jesus Christ don't mean we have found our purpose in God. There is a difference. Something changes. Something begins to take place when you realize not only did he save you, but he called you. And when he called you, he called you into something to do something. To be you know what? When you begin to find who you are in Christ, you don't need affirmation from nobody. Some of us is still waiting for our mama or our daddy or our brother or our sister to affirm our worth. Wait a minute. When you find your purpose in Christ, guess what? Mama and daddy may never change. Hey, hey, sister and brother may never change. But if God says you somebody, you know that you are some. There are really four questions that we ask out of life, just being human beings. Where are we from? Origin. Where, where are we from? Let me, let me help you. You didn't come from no apes. We were made in the image of God. And, and the scientists have not found a transitional skeleton that is moving from one species to another species, which evolution has to, that has to take place in evolution. If evolution is true, there has to be a dog cat. Y'all didn't get that. Let me help you. There has to be a skeleton of a dog transitioning or a cat transitioning to a dog. There has to be a skeleton of an ape transitioning to a man. The, the, those little pictures you saw of the man going from ape to, to man, from chimp, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Look it up. There is no transitional skeleton. Has not been found. Has not been found. What they thought was it wasn't it. But they keep the pictures anyway. Go do your study. Google it. We use Google for everything else. Mama, find some truth with Google. We look for meaning. What is the meaning of a life? What is the purpose of life? You know, the Bible answers all these things. And we have to be able to, to bring it down to where we live, that we find, we find purpose in, in, our, in our... It's more than Sunday morning. It's more than just shouting on Sunday. I like a good shout. I like having church on Sunday. But there's got to be some connection to Monday. We got to be able to walk out of here and know that we're walking out of here with, with purpose. I mean, single focus purpose. Significance. Everyone want to feel a value. Everyone want to feel a value. All the time, I talk to people whose childhood and life has been so terrible 
that what they went through, they take on as though it's them. All of us is broken. Let me say that again. None of us was raised in a perfect family. All of us got skeletons of what happened to us in our and some of us still is carrying the shame of what somebody else did to us. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Why, why do you say that? Because, listen, because the devil wants you to carry what happened to you as though that is you. No, that's what happened to you. That is not you. What you are, you've been created in the image of God. And what he has put in you is better than anything that has happened to you. And we got to move to the place where we just don't say that, that we, that when the devil throws at you what happened to you, you can throw at him. I've been saved by the blood of the lamb. Before the foundation of the world, God chose me. God picked me. God picked me out to be saved. I am highly favored. I'm blessed. I'm bl Got to be more than the songs we say. There has to be something on the inside that wells up on the inside of us when things try to take from you, your value and your worth, that you can say, no, 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 no. And what happens when you die? There's no way I can deal with all these elements. The one I've chose to try to enter into is, is purpose. Genesis 1, 27. Genesis 1, 27. Genesis 1, 27. In this, it, it speaks of how God, he decided to make man, and we are his chief, his chief creation. The angels is not his chief creation. The universe is not his chief creation. But you are. You and I are his chief creation. God, God, God says, now with everything else he called up, but with us, God said, God created in his own image. Not in nobody else's image. That means that there's something about you that is like God. There's something that allows us to have a relationship with, with our awesome, with our with our, with our marvelous God. He said, we are made in the image of God, and, and in the image of God, he created him. Notice how the reflection of it or the reading of it seems to be off. But him is, is, is that's exactly right. Because remember, he made Adam first. Then he said, listen, then you can say, he created him male and female than them. I believe it means exactly what it says. And when he made the first Adam, he made Eve inside of Adam. He started with the whole, then reached into the whole and made it apart. So that when he brought them back together, that they could become a whole. 
He took that which was one, made it two. Then when he brings them together in matrimony with him, he says, two shall become one. But the only way you can get two making one is that the one started as as the two started as. I think you bear that out in scripture. When he created man and female, he already put purpose in them. You are not trying to find your purpose outside of you. You are trying to find the purpose that God has already placed in you. God don't have to do anything else other than save you. Then once you get saved, he tries to bring out of you what he has already put in you. Some of us is trying to find purpose outside of us. And as long as you keep on looking outside of you, you're never going to find it unless you find Jesus and get him on the inside of you. Wait a minute. Let's go a step deeper. And somebody would say, well, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to look inside myself. Well, if you don't have Jesus inside of you, you don't have nothing inside of you to look into. Let's, Let's see if I can slow this up a little bit. Slow your roll. Let's slow my roll. What you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is until God saved you, you can't find your purpose. Because the only one that has purpose is a person that has relationship with God the Father through Christ Jesus. And once you find Jesus, you find yourself. I'm just trying to find myself. Well, how can you find yourself when you lost? And the only one that can find you is the Lord Jesus Christ. So to find Jesus, you find yourself. I don't understand Christians who say, well, I'm just trying to find myself. (laughs) The closer you get to Jesus, the more like him you become. And the more you begin to understand, wait a minute, I'm created to worship him. One of the things that we are created to do is to worship him. Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verse 20 and 21. Isaiah 43, verse 20 and 21. I don't know if I gave them 20 or not, but that's okay. Let's skip 10. Let's go to 20, 21. Look at that. The beast of the field will glorify me. Hold on. We got to stop right there. That's what God's saying. The dumb beast in the field. <laughs> glorifies me. Listen. The jackal and the ostrich. Now, how they glorify him, I don't know, but God says they glorify him. I guess when the ostrich is running, He said, look how fast God made me. Look what he says. Because I have given water in the wilderness. I have given the river in the desert. Give drink to, listen, to my chosen people. The people I have formed for myself. And here he's speaking into the future. They will praise me. You know what he's saying? When you find your place in me, 
there's something inside of you that makes you praise me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. God really don't, shouldn't have to do everything to make you praise him. Just the fact that you recognize that he woke you up this morning. Even when the choir is having an off day, you ought to be able to have an on day. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. I shouldn't have to pump you up. I don't mind encouraging you, but I shouldn't have to work so hard to make you praise God. Praise ought to be so, so on your lips that all somebody have to say something that make you think about how good he's been to you and, and, and you can't help yourself. There ought to be a spirit of can't help it somewhere in the church. You know, I, I love folks that start praising God at the unusual time. Have you ever seen anybody shouting at giving? But, but we all, that, that, that ought to be a shouting time. Because just the fact you got something to give ought to make you to say, Lord, I thank you. Because I recognize that is not, wait a minute, that's what he's saying there. He says, the ostrich and the jackal recognize I'm the one that put the water in the desert so they have something to drink. Okay, if they can acknowledge that the river came from God, how much more should we be able to acknowledge that everything we have, everything we got, every blessing comes from God? Shouldn't take much to make us say, hallelujah, it really is. The more, the closer we get to him, you find your purpose is in him. The gifts we have, the talents we have, God wants us to use it to ultimately give him praise. Somehow, we have separated our relationship from God from the rest of our life. But there has to be a marrying, a marriage between what we do on Sunday and what we do throughout the rest of the week. Listen, Sunday don't mean that much. If we haven't been actively give him the praise throughout the week. You can't get excited about Jesus if you haven't been excited about him all week. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Your praise is going to be shallow on Sunday if you haven't opened up no Thanksgiving on Monday. Listen. Everything that happened to us through the week, we ought to have been able to see Jesus keeping us, delivering us, helping us, strengthening us. I mean, 
know how we can get through the day without seeing the fingerprint of our Lord. He ought to have been steering your Kool-Aid all week long. What, what do you mean by that? Monday, he was there. While you slept from Monday to Tuesday, he was there. When you woke up Tuesday, he was there. If you went about your business, he was there. Tuesday night, he was there. He rocked you to sleep Tuesday night and enabled you to wake up Wednesday morning. Wednesday, he was there. And I know Wednesday was a hard day, but you didn't lose your mind, did you? You still here, ain't you? I mean, I mean, my, my, my God, he just don't visit us on Sunday. He's with us all throughout. The declaring of God praise ought to be easy off of our lips. He says, he says, I hear this all the time from homemakers who say, Reverend, I, I don't understand my purpose. I, 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 you know, I got these kids. And I said, you know what? Your purpose is in raising your kids. Uh, Y'all don't hear me. I'm going to hurt some feelings, but... If it steps on your toe, say ouch. It is not right for you to be so busy in church while somebody or nobody raising your children. I'm talking to myself. Because as a pastor, many times we are gone so much that the last thing our kids want to hear from us is about Jesus because they didn't know daddy at home. And many times we think the work of the Lord is outside of the home when sometimes the work of the Lord, the purpose of the Lord is right there in that house with those precious babies that God. I, I think if we, if we begin to, to turn back to making that, that they are a gift from God, some of our kids wouldn't be as bad as they. Baby kids is because baby haven't been taught by mama or daddy. So don't say that the baby is bad. The baby kids are bad. Look at mama and daddy because something must be missing at home if baby kids act and cuss and... Purpose starts with at home. Well, let me just explain. Our first experience is God. His second experience is work. 
any first experience with God, but her second experience was relationship. Y'all are natural born nurturers. Y'all pour into people. Y'all pour. Listen, even if you're not married, don't mean you can't pour into nobody. It's relationships that you pour, you nurture, you heal, you mend. Some of y'all, it may never be in a in a ministry in the church, but you got a ministry in your neighborhood. You you got a ministry in your house. Listen. I'm gonna say that y'all just y'all just gonna have to y'all 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 just gonna have to I'll, I'll get y'all out of here soon so y'all can see the football game. But let me just say this. Let me just let me just y'all ready to hear this? After you hear it, you may not like it, but something's wrong if we are Mr. and Mr. Holy in the church and folks can't stand us outside of the church because our attitude. And our discipline is to. Purpose does not stop on Sunday. We get fed to do our purpose throughout. And somehow we have made a disconnect. It's a disconnect. If all we have of God is on Sunday, that's religion. Not relationship. You all have have came in with Jesus and leave out with Jesus. I hope that while you're here, you see more of Jesus, that he has more of you when you leave out than when you came in. But, but you can't say that the sum total of your relationship with God is church on Sunday. Amen. We just do this for two hours on Sunday. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's very slim compared to 24-7. There, there are, you need something to keep you bigger than you. You need something to give you purpose and significance. Listen, for some of us, as soon as before you get out of here, the devil's going to mess with you. Matter of fact, let me, let me, let me, let me take a couple of facts. Why are you sitting here? Right now, he's messing with you. want you to hear what I'm saying even right now. Matter of fact, some of y'all are zoning on me right now. You haven't heard a word that I said. Not one word. What did I say? What did I say? It's like a husband with his wife. What did I say? I don't know. And if we don't watch it, he'll make you go to sleep. We get so tired, come Sunday. 
Hey, hold on. Don't the choir. As soon as the word is being preached. Spiritual attack. I keep on telling you, if you got to stand up, you do whatever you got to do. Am I right, Nick? If you got to stand up, you stand up. Because if he falls asleep, he won't be asleep for long. Because when he hit the floor, it will wake him up. And he'll get back up again. You do whatever you got to do. You do whatever you got to do. You know, you know because, because it's critical to hear what God has to say to me. He's trying to orchestrate our walk because he knows what we're going to face when we leave here. And what I hear today may keep me from going into some, some terrible stuff. I will have just enough word to say, no, I, I ain't going that way. I'm saying... We, we, man, man, I mean, Satan is devising a way to steal your praise. <laughs> to take out of your mouth for you to contribute honor and praise to the Lord. From our relationship with him, from our relationship with him, from our relationship with him, there has to be an expression that is brought on by the relationship. Paul blows me away, and this is not on the screen. Paul blows me away in Ephesians chapter 5, verse beginning verse 21, when he begins to talk about the marriage between a wife and a and a, and a husband. But then he says, this is a mystery. And this is what he says. He said, I'm not really talking about the husband and the wife. I'm really talking about Christ and the church. He has made ladies to be responders to the initiator, that, the initiation that the man said. Ladies, how can I say this? You shouldn't be the predator. You shouldn't be the hunter. God brought Eve to Adam. Adam took her hand and said, Bon, no, she hasn't said anything. She's just standing there in all her glory. And Adam says, Why? You are bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. You are woman. You have been taken out of me. Notice that he speaks to her, he chooses her. Y'all don't hear me. She responds to him. She responds to him. In the relationship, God says that, that Christ called us. Christ pulled us in. And the church ought to respond. Let me ask you, are you in the church? Are you responding 
to the call that the Lord has in your life? I want you to do something. We're almost out of here because I, I'm just going to deal with, the, with, the, with the, the, the introduction. Turn to your neighbor and say, purpose in me. My purpose is in me. Wait a minute. Look at your number and say, you got purpose. Speak to them. Speak to them. Speak, speak, speak like you mean it. You got purpose. You got purpose in you. You, you got purpose in you. Hold on, hold on. Say it like you mean. You got purpose in you. You got purpose in you. Some of us, has ne- that has never been spoken to us. Our mama didn't speak that to us. Our daddy didn't speak that to us. Nobody has ever spoken that to us. So you can't leave out of here saying nobody has ever spoken that to you. Now the day you know you got purpose in you. And, and you got to find how to connect to the purpose that God has set in you. And the way you connect to the purpose in you is that you connect to Jesus first. Dion thought being a football player was his purpose. I can't say it wasn't, but he did not connect it to a relationship with God. It only meant something after his attempt in suicide that somebody led him to the Lord Jesus Christ and now Dion still involved in football he now knows that his purpose is to use what he do and what he got for a platform for God anymore the purpose isn't just football football is a tool that God has him at to use him to be a, 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 a vocal decoration that his God is good. Listen, through divorce, God is still good. Through trouble, God, even if you get yourself in mess, God is still good. It's not that we do it all right all the time. It's that, that God is good all the time in spite of us. Your job is not your purpose. Your purpose on the job is to work for your boss as though you're working for the Lord. Then when somebody asks you why you do what you do, you can say, it's about him. God has set us up, given us something on the inside, given us a testimony that we can declare the fault. Look how good. Look how far the Lord has brought me. He's, I keep on telling y'all, some of y'all, I know y'all's story. Thank God you don't look like what you've been through. Folks wouldn't believe what you've been through. Folks would not believe your story. Why? Because you look like you have always had it together. Matter of fact, you may not be all that together now. Thank God you don't look like it. Thanks be to God, he's keeping us. Thanks be to God, he'll make it a way out of nowhere. Thanks. Psalms 103. We are 
We are the sheep of his pastor. Know what I'm saying? That he has set before you what he wants you to eat. Know that the Lord himself, it is he who made us. Now, we, if we do not make ourselves, then why we think we can keep ourselves? Well, let's, 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 let's take it a little bit further. If we, don't, if we didn't make ourselves, why do you think we know ourselves? Okay, come on. Let me talk to this side. If we didn't make ourselves, why do you think you can find purpose for yourself? Hold on, let me speak to the choir. If you didn't make yourself, why do you think you can, can fix yourself? My God, I'm glad he made me because then he knows everything about me. If he knows every single thing about you and he still loves you, then there's nothing that you can do to shake the love of God off of you. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. That means that even though you may not be all that you ought to be yet, God still hasn't took his hand off of you. And if you get in line with him, he'll make the devil sit down and lay down and leave you alone. That means then that no matter what it is you think got a hold of you, if you keep on chasing Jesus, the very thing you thought you couldn't stop doing will let go of you. Listen, you don't have to chase favor. Chase Jesus, and favor will find you. Favor will find you. Let me do a, 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 a quotable. A quotable I got from Dr. Smith was talking to him not too long ago, man. He was telling me a schedule. I said, man, you are busy. God is pointing out. He says, he said, he said, by his grace to his glory. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Wherever we need God's grace, and when God gives the grace, it is to his glory. Hold on, hold on. Let's, let's, let's think about this one. Let's, let's think about this one. Even going through what you're going through, it is God's grace that is keeping you. If you admit that it's God's grace that's keeping you, then ultimately that grace that he has dispensed to you ought to be to his glory. Wait a minute. I think that there's two sides of glory. I think that there's glory that happens in my recognition that it's God that's keeping me. Therefore, since I know it's God that's keeping me, it makes me praise God. Okay, y'all didn't hear that. When you recognize that it's been nobody but God, when you look at what you've been through and recognize you're not that smart, you're not... You're not that good. You're not that cute. You're not that clever. You're not that bright. You made it this far by the grace of God. It ought to make you say hallelujah. But wait a minute. When somebody else hears what you've been through, 
watch what you've been through. And they know you're not that good. You're not that smart. You're not that intelligent. You're not that cute. That you didn't do it, y'all. It makes them praise God for what he has done in your life. Am I telling anybody's story? Am I reflecting on anybody's story that you can look back and say, it's been nothing? Wait a minute. Where does purpose fit into that scenario? It fits into the fact that the prime, that the prime cause of your being is that you give praise and what God is doing in your life gives Make other people give praise. We're his witnesses. This journey is about your relationship to him. This journey is that you will recognize you are his. Next verse. Maybe I don't give, maybe I didn't give them the next verse. I didn't. Listen, let's deal with the pastor. Notice that the picture is, then we're out of here. The picture is, it's almost like cattle. You know, when you go down south, you, you pass all these farms, and you see these cattle all over the place, fencing electric fence. And they're grazing, they're laying down. A farmer, or someone who knows it, said this. There's a such thing as a cow path. I heard it. I didn't know what it was. Somebody, oh, you used to be a farmer. <laughs> okay, then, 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 you can, then you can confirm what I'm telling the truth. Even though they are all over the place, they either know instinctively that it's time for feeding or something, and they go to the barn, or they see the farmer head to the barn. And what happens is they all gather, and one by one, slowly, go upon one single path. Okay, now I got to see this picture. That means that there is a worn-out space, because every day... Now, help me if I'm right. A couple of times a day, they all know when to go towards, and they all single line go in that path. <laughs> Call a cow path. <laughs> Wait a minute. Which means that there's not a whole lot of paths. There's only one path. Hold on, y'all with me? Which means that the cow know better than to make their own path. They all get in line on that one. Come on, help me now. Help me preach this. I'll get you out of here. You help me preach this. You don't have a whole mini path. You don't have two paths. There's only, come on, help me now. There's only one path. 
and every cow line up on that. Now notice, they're heading to the farmhouse to get what they need. They're not fighting. They're not breaking a line. But they all get in order. Walking down one path. Come on. They don't start off on the path. The pasture that they're in, they're all over the place. But when it's time, but when it's time, when they see the farmer heading to the farmhouse, someone's going to move. The rest of them go, they thinking in their head, it's time. If they land down, they get up. If they over there, they come on over. If they over there, they come on over. And they all line up on one. You know what ought to happen in the church? You all not to have your own path, but you ought to line up on the Holy Ghost path. There's only one path. There's not your way, my way, our way, their way. There's only Jesus' way. And when there's Jesus' way, there's no arguing, there's no bickering, there's no attitude, because we recognize that the only one that can set the path is the path that Jesus has set, and we don't mind. Guess what? I don't have to bump you out of your way. Because my Lord got enough to feed both of us. I, I, I can't get yours. You can't get mine. So you can get ahead of me, and I get behind you because we're both going in the same direction. And when we get there, we're going to get what is ours to get. Is there anybody in the house know what I'm talking about? Are you on the Lord's path? Not on your path, the Lord's path. You don't got no path. There's only one path, and it's the Lord Jesus Christ's path. This ministry against that ministry. Getting mad because I called the man to be ushers. Wait a minute. One Lord, one God, one Savior, one church, one path. His name, his name, his name, his name, his name is Jesus. You don't make your path. It's not about your opinion. It's not about my opinion. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. In the house of the Lord, it's all about him. Listen, if cows, the beasts of the field got enough sense 
to line up on the right path. They didn't lie. Not rushing. Not fighting. Not bickering. But lining up. Saying we get there. When we get there. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Desire. I will get there. I know who I'm following. His name is Jesus. You may get there before I get there, but no, I'm on my way. Is there anybody on their way? You're on the right path. One path. One name by which we must be saved. Yes, sir. He is the truth, yes, sir. the life. Yes, sir. Anyway, it's all about everything we had he gave to us. And ultimately, he's asking the question, are you on the path? And what I have given you is it bringing me glory? I said cow path. Wow. Well, what you say? Let's check that out. The sun rises in the morning. Go down in the evening. The bird goes tweety, tweet, tweet when the sun comes out. The croaster goes. Now, what does the croaster do? Rooster. Cock a cock wherever that is. Bats come out at night. Birds go to sleep at night. Trees bear fruit. Flowers come up and out. So you mean to take grass grows in the summer, becomes stagnant in the winter. So you mean to tell me that everything does what it's supposed to do except for God's highest, God's chief. creation. You're right, Bert. Even the devil, when God says stop, he stops. When he says sit, he sit. When God says roll over, he rolls over. When God says plays dead, he plays dead. He obeys because he knows who God is. When we know who God is, Oh, y'all didn't hear me. When you know who he is, when you know, when I know who he is, it makes you act better, it makes you talk better, it makes your attitude better. When you know, let's get out of here. There's no end to this thing.
Somebody here, the Spirit of the Lord is saying, get on the right path. You've been trying to make your own path. Trying to figure out how to make life work for you. Trying to reach your goal, your ambition for yourself. And you frustrated. You, you, you ready to throw in the towel. I got a question for you. Have your brokenness broken you enough to make you come to Jesus? All of us is broken. All of us got brokenness. But has it broken you to the place that you're now ready to give it up and give it to Jesus? Wait a minute. I see him. He's setting the table for you. He, he got it full of everything you need. Listen, nobody can get what's yours. What is yours is yours. You don't have to knock nobody out the way because once you get there, he got the place set for you. Matter of fact, your chair got your name on it. Your plate got your name on it. Your blessings got your name on it. The space he got for you got your name on it. Can't nobody get what is yours. The question is, have you got on the path to get where your blessing is at? 